So rough greens, if you're a dog owner, you know you have to take care of your pet. And that means more than just giving them food or water. It's, you know, your, your dog is a part of the family. And the health and happiness of your dog are important to you. I've been telling you for a while about Rough Greens, how it's changed Uno's life. Changed our life, really, because we don't have to sit there and hand feed him anymore. Uh, This isn't a dog food. This is something you put on the food. And somehow or another, they just love it. Most dogs go crazy. Uh, I know Uno loves it. President Miles. President Miles Piper as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Piper doesn't get her credit for eating the Rough Greens, but she's she's very healthy and loves it as well. Right. And uh, it doesn't just help your dog eat. It gives them all the vitamins and minerals and probiotics and everything that they really need. And you will see a difference in your dog in a couple of months of of, uh, feeding them this. I saw it almost right away, but he continues to change. It's amazing. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get a free bag just for your dog to try out. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN33. trust anyone when they lie to you about really important things like really important things like why people got killed how can we trust anyone in our government the white house yesterday confirmed what we all knew biden turned down the general's advice to keep 2500 troops in afghanistan they came out and they admitted that, yeah, that's what the president did, and it's his right to decide. Yes, it is his right to decide. But why then did he come out just a few weeks ago and say, I never got that advice? What happened yesterday? And if we can't trust him in Afghanistan, why should we trust what's in this $3.5 trillion bill? Wait until I show you the little things that are hidden inside of it. Also, we go to Capitol Hill. Marsha Blackburn is with us. She questioned the generals yesterday uh, quite vigorously. We're going to get her comments in 30 minutes. We begin the show in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about a guy named Ace. Yeah, Ace. He's 80 years old. During his lifetime, he has broken his back not once but twice in middle school and once in high school in a car accident over the years he's had a lot of medical care including surgeries try to fix his back as well as possible and it has left him in pain for a lot of years thankfully ace married somebody like i married who kept bugging him to try relief factor i know how it feels ace i know i know if you can only get her to stop nagging you on the things that are right in the end the result Within a few weeks, his pain was down to manageable. Ace says he doesn't feel 20, but he doesn't feel 80 either. He got his life back. Relief Factor, it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more. Try the three-week quick start trial pack right now for $19.95. ReliefFactor.com. I'll call 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. 
Well, hello to my executive producer, Stu Bregeer, and host of Stu Does America. <laughs> that immediately precedes the Glenn Beck program tonight at 9 o'clock. Big night on Blaze TV. It is a big night. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the border, and we have people who are on the border, uh, do this for a living, that are going to tell the real stories behind the border tonight. Biden's really a hero. Kamala mm-hmm. Harris has been there individually no, removing no, that's, that's not it. Criminals. Um, let me tell you what's in our infrastructure bill. Uh, the three point five trillion dollar bill. Uh, just it was just yesterday uh, that Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi quietly tucked an enforcement mechanism into the three point five trillion dollar reconciliation bill, uh, passed it out of the budget committee and sent it to the House floor. Uh, it's something you should know about on page 168. And I know. I mean, why read it? It's 2,465 pages. So, you know, that's about double the length of um, of Les Miserables. just the longest book I've ever read in my life. And it just went on and on. And on. That's about double. So anyway, um, on page 168 is a tenfold increase in fines for employers that willfully, repeatedly, or even seriously violate a section of the labor law that deals with hazards, deaths, or physical harm to their employees. OSHA set the the precedent this summer and published an emergency COVID-19 rule in the Federal Register taking jurisdiction over and providing justification for COVID-19 being a workplace hazard for healthcare employment. Then Biden announced his 100 employee plus uh, kind of thing where you, you will have um, you'll have OSHA breathing down your neck. Well, in the budget, there is now OSHA fines for noncompliance up to seven hundred thousand dollars for each willful or repeated violation. That will kill all companies that are noncompliant, kill them. That's 80 million of us work in companies that are going to be uh, going to be fined in that way if they don't bow the knee to the king. Uh, By the way, President Biden embraced the stance earlier this month when he challenged Republicans who are threatening lawsuits over what they decry as his federal overreach. He said, have at it. We're playing for real here. This isn't a game. They're playing hardball. Yeah. Are the Republicans? Uh, you could I mean, argue that, I guess. But, I, you know, this is something they're not even trying to get a debate on. Right. No. This is not one of the the big features of this bill. They're no. jamming it in there. Right. Under the cover of darkness. Well, let me give you another feature you're going to love. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, th- this is the Build Back Better bill. Uh, they the have what? Build Back Better. The Build Back Better what? Bill. The Build Back Better bill? Build Back Better bill. The bill that's build back, Building Back Better? That's the... Build back better bill. Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, it's pouring tens of billions of dollars. How, is, hmm? how many billions? Tens of billions? Tens of billions. In of the do- build back better bill? Yes. Billions in the big build back better bill? Yes. Yes. An unprecedented amount, uh, an amount into community organizations. That's because congressional Democrats have failed to ram through two voting bills, H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. Those were the ones that were going to change the elections, right? That's not the Build Back Better bill. That's a different bill. No, this is the bill that bankrolls the things in the Build Back Better bill. That bankrolls the Build Back Better bill of the billions. Yes, Mm -hmm. got it. 
Um, it uh, bankrolls nonprofit community organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds totally like it couldn't possibly they have go any wrong. problems, right? The Small Business mm-hmm. Administration is distributing huge sums to nonprofits that will serve as incubators, dispersing funds to start up businesses in underserved areas. Businesses are helped in the Build Back Better belt bill? With billions. Curiously, the SBA already has regional offices across the USA to uh, help startups and could distribute the funds itself. But instead, it's empowering nonprofits by making them the middleman. Ninety percent of the startups fall. Ninety percent of all startups fail. Okay, no riskier place to put your money in than into a brand new business. Yet there the bill for the billions in the Build Back Better bill. Established no uh, standards for which businesses get the billions of the Build Back Better bill. Except they have to be majority owned by members of underrepresented communities, uh, including <laughs> residents of high poverty areas. Okay. Uh, and the formerly incarcerated. Oh, good. The one thing they cannot have. <laughs> What's the, hmm? You said startups, 90% failure. What's the startup of the formerly incarcerated rate? Is it, is it higher than 90%, would you say? I'm, I don't have the numbers on that, but I'm guessing maybe. Um, well, let me just say this. If you're formerly incarcerated and you started a business before and it's been going for, let's say, five years, you know, you have a pretty good chance. However, the one yeah, thing that's not to say you can't turn your life around, Correct. but I would say just percentage wise, sure. the businesses sure. that are trying uh-huh. to build back better with these billions might there might be better targets. Well, here's the one thing they can't have. If you are if you're a formerly incarcerated that lives in a high poverty area uh, and you're a member of an underrepresented community mm. and you're looking for funding for your startup, you can't have a track record. Oh, well, that would be if you've been in business for five years, you're not eligible for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you can you have to be a startup with incarcerated people, uh, but also have no experience, no experience, (laughs) no experience. (laughs) Well, see, you 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 pointed it out earlier, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Uh, These sorts of businesses are the most risky place to put your money. Well, that matters when it's your money. If it's yeah. not your money, who cares how Correct. risky it is? It's our money, so they don't care at all. Build Back Better is funding an even wider array of organizations. It's allocating a whopping $5.7 billion for community-led projects to stabilize neighborhoods. Mm. There's also $5 billion for climate justice block grants. Block grants for billions in the Build Back Better bill? Yes, to pay for community organizations for, among other things, facilitating engagement of disadvantaged communities in state and federal processes. Hmm. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Facilitating engagement of disadvantaged communities in state and federal processes. (laughs) <laughs> that's just not at all not at organizing all organizing votes yeah, it sounds what it, that's what it sounds it's like. exactly what it is it's exactly what it is this is um the left-wing community organizing that barack obama did barack obama the build back better bill with billions <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um why are all the words bees i don't know but you're right this is this is essentially all of us funding the fever dream of Barack Obama pre-Senate. 
this is right, like this is his gig back then. Right. And this is what they they don't need uh, the federal election H.R. one or H.R. four. Just throw it in here. Just throw it in here. And they're already funding it. That's what's happening. And if our, if anyone, if any Republican uh, votes for this, they must be voted out of office. They must be voted out of office. They're not going to vote for this reconciliation bill, I don't think. But that doesn't matter. They don't need any Republicans. Like all they have to do is get Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema on board. And really, think of all this stuff that we're discussing here. There's probably another thousand examples in this bill. Oh, yeah. I know Open the Books is going through it, and they're the ones I think that found this 10 times increase. Um, they're going to find tons of stuff like this. So you're telling me I'm supposed to believe that the Democrats are not going to come through and get this thing uh, voted voted on. Where I'm supposed to believe this pseudo theater where they all come out and say, I don't know, $3 trillion is a lot. Oh, well, I'll tell you, Joe Manchin, if you don't pass the $3 trillion, I won't pass your your infrastructure bill. Oh, wow, there's a lot of disagreement here. I wonder if Nancy Pelosi can pull it off. Of course they're going to pull it off. You're telling me they're going to let all this stuff die? They can make, they can, they can tell you that there there's drama and there's and there's and there's pushing and pulling and of course there's negotiation everyone wants to get their crap in at the end right joe manchin wants to have something that he kills in this bill so he can go back to west virginia and fool them for the 500th time that he's actually moderate but the bottom line is joe manchin's not gonna save you do you think joe manchin and kirsten cinema are going to save you they're not going to save you. They're going to come up with some justification to get this done. There's too much of this crap in there to let it die. It's way too important for them. I don't believe it at all. Glad I have a phone book still. I'm just looking for a rope store <laughs> and a place where I can find a rickety stool, hopefully next door to each other. <laughs> the rickety <laughs> stools is that is the rickety stool store uh, funded in the Build Back Better bill? It, it might be. Well, if they don't have any success track record. <laughs> they don't. They're yeah. a terrible business. <laughs> a terrible it's a business. convict yeah. who's hanging people. He went to prison. He got out and started a rickety stool store. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. Let me tell you about uh, My Patriot Supply. The world went crazy yesterday. What if the world went crazy tomorrow? Would you be able to survive the panic that ensued? Would you have enough food to eat? Experts say you need at least three months of emergency food if you want to be properly prepared. By the way, I read a great stat. Did you know natural gas has gone up 183%? So if you have natural gas to heat your house, don't worry. Don't worry. It's not going to be a burden on you. Everything's going to be great. Uh, Please, there's going to be shortages. There's going to be trouble ahead. Please be part of the solution. Get three months of emergency food right now and be properly prepared. If you go to preparewithglenn.com right now, you can save $100 off of the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. The food stays fresh for up to 25 years. It's packed with over 2,000 calories a day to keep you going strong through all the craziness. You'll get breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even a snack. Enough for one person for three months. It doesn't have to be the apocalypse. We move on from whatever it is that happens. We just have to make it from one point to the other. 
Since you save $100 per kit, get one for each member of the family. Go to preparewithglenn.com right now. It'll be delivered fast to your door in unmarked boxes. Keep it to yourself. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. 10 seconds, station ID. State of the Union right now, chairman of the Fed said uh, the spike in inflation is lasting longer than they expected. Uh-huh. And I'm sure the $3.5 trillion spending package is going to make it better. Sure, sure, sure. Jen uh, Saki said, we think it's an outrage that they would raise their prices to compensate for higher taxes. I know that's crazy. Her actual quote was, we think it's absurd that absurd. they would do that. Absurd? It's what every <laughs> business has done always. 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 And it's not just businesses. It's schools. It's everyone. Everything. Everyone. everyone. Your, your cost of being in business go up. You raise your prices. God, these people are just morons. It's not like something they're doing to hurt people. Mm-hmm. You're screwing them. They're trying to keep their business doors open. That's why they you say they need the Build Back Better bill. But in reality, if you just get out of their way, they wouldn't need the billions from the Build Back Better bill. That's a bust. <laughs> Tonight on Plays, uh, we're going to put the spotlight on yet another massive humanitarian crisis of Biden's own creation. They created the disaster in Afghanistan. They've created the economic instability, uh, but they've also just welcomed the humanitarian situation in the southern border tonight on Blaze TV, 9 p.m. Biden's border crisis. Biden's border crisis? Yes. You're doing that over the Build Back Better bill and all the billions? The threat to America tonight at 9 p.m. So, yes. Wait. Oh, immediately after a brand new stew does America. <laughs> hey, there you go. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. Um, <laughs> yesterday, late in the show, we we uh, we told you that there's there's in the scientific American. There is some real concern that the term Jedi is problematic for describing programs that promote justice, equity, diversity and inclusion. They don't like it. Now, this was written, and I and Stu, back me up on that. You thought this was, oh, geez, Glenn's reading something from, you know, the Babylon Bee. Every once in a while, this has happened over the years. I've been with, doing the show with you for 20-some-odd years at this point. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, one mm-hmm. of these, like, parody stories gets sent to you by somebody, and you it seems so real because the, the world is so crazy. And I am thinking, you read it to me usually off the air, and you're like, what do you think about this? And then I'm like, wait a minute, that can't be true, and I'll check. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. And you got into this one, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening on the air. He's reading a story that's clearly a parody on the air. Yeah, not a parody. Not a parody. Not a parody. (laughs) This is from Scientific American. You know, remember the magazine that used to write about, I don't know, scientific stuff? Mm. They're writing now about Jedi's. And how you can't, if you're a justice warrior, you can't use the word Jedi to describe you uh, because it's really it's it's it has problems. First of all, Jedis are intergalactic police monks. I'm not kidding. And they have violent duels with phallic lightsabers. I'm not making it up. No. Hmm? Phallic life. Like they lightsaber. say that they say it. Violent duels with phallic lightsabers. Mm hmm. 
Mm -hmm. as well as gaslighting by means of Jedi mind tricks. Okay. They're also ableist (laughs) and eugenics. uh, They're eugenic uh, 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 fans. Okay. So anyway, um, now yesterday we got here to the Star Wars has a problematic cultural legacy from Scientific American. The space opera franchise has been critiqued for trafficking in injustices such as sexism, racism, and ableism. Think, for example, of the so-called Slave Leia costume, infamous for stripping down and chaining up the movie series' first leading woman as a part of an Orientalist subplot. That one's still fascinating to me. They're saying that is an oriental what a tradition to chain women up under <laughs> underneath really don't, fat people i, I don't uh, know okay star wars arguably conflates alienness with non-whiteness often seeming to rely on racist stereotypes when depicting non-human species the series regularly defaults onto ableist tropes mm. now what is an ableist trope try to think of what an ableist trope would be in star wars all i was thinking about is that like you might be like how they're constantly cutting people's arms and legs with off phallic symbols with phallic symbols so you'd think they'd be pretty i mean a lot of the heroes in the story don't have all their limbs like uh-huh. this is yeah. this is an empowering uh-huh. plot uh-huh. i would think uh-huh well listen to this the ableist tropes memorably in its portrayal of darth vader which links the villain's physical disability with mechanic inhumanity and moral deviance, presenting his technologically assisted breathing as a sinister auditory marker of danger and doom. <laughs> I hate the yeah, that thing. that's ableist. That they are saying that that <laughs> you're making somebody who is on a breathing machine seem. Oh come evil. on! The pe- yeah. No, no, no. Scientific American. Uh, What's more, the bodies and voices centered in Star Wars have, with few exceptions, historically been those of white men. Except for the most important and famous voice in it of Darth Vader, who is a black man. What? Lando Calrissian. Oh my gosh. A black man. No, no, no. We haven't even Chewbacca, gotten, we haven't even gotten to how the Jedi Samuel L. Jackson is isn't? nothing but a tool for the corporate capitalists at Disney. This is the Glenn Beck program. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Marshall Blackburn is coming up next. You've been hearing me talk about what's going on in Australia. It used to be one of the freer countries in the world. Now, brutal lockdown. 18 months. How did that happen? The slow creep of authoritarianism isn't so slow anymore, and it's taking us over because Americans have lost touch with our founding principles and our own rights. Don't lose hope. You lose hope, you lose the battle. One of the best ways to push back and fight for our country is to be more free, not less, and educate your kids about freedoms, how to preserve them. If you don't have the Tuttle Twins books for your kids, now is the time. They're fun, they're interesting, they're great ways to learn about freedom so we don't end up in an authoritarian mess. Tuttle Twins. They're having a great sale on the books right now. It's 35% discount on their books. Plus, they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. Huge discount off the normal price. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get this discount. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 
Keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com Well, you can learn about the billions that the businesses are getting from the Build Back Better bill on Blaze TV. It's BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Did anybody, if you watched the Senate testimony yesterday, were you surprised that there didn't seem to be much hesitation in throwing the president under the bus? Yeah, I think there was a an effort, a clear effort by the generals to say, not us, wasn't us. Right. I mean, the way they were saying it, they're like, hey, uh, did you want to keep 2,500 troops? And they would say, well, I can't tell you what I told the president, but I'll tell you what I thought the entire time. Right. Uh, yes, we should have kept them. And it's like, well, why would we assume you were telling the president what you didn't believe? Right. right? Like, well, with these three, I can believe it. That's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mackenzie, but, I th- was it Mackenzie the, was the one that was like, I thought really straightforward. Yes, yes. He uh, was because he's the, he's the least in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Um, so they were throwing him out of the bus. And I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday, Barack Obama came out against uh, Joe Biden and his policies as well. Joe Biden, I mean, uh, uh, Barack Obama came out against the border and said it's unsustainable and this is crazy and it has to stop. It's a danger. Does he think we need to build the border back better? Yeah, I think he does. Mm-hmm. I think he does. I, you know, Barack Obama is pretty much running the White House at this point. It's his policies that are being pushed through by his people that were in under him and now running the show for Joe Biden. And look, by, uh, Obama was a bad president. I, I, he was a legitimately bad president. People may remember we did a couple of shows on that back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's at least it felt like he was a competent progressive yeah like this is a totally it's like the combination of bernie sanders and jimmy carter we're like mm. ah. and, and a then clown. multiply and times a yeah and I, a clown I, and a four-year-old who just wants pudding yes it's it's like i it, it it seems incomprehensible that he could be doing this poorly at this many things at the same time. It's not like a one time, one time screw up. Everything this guy touches yeah. turns to garbage. I was going to say something else. Yeah. Yeah. Glad I did. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> it's hard to do though. That's what I, I, I mm-hmm. I'm trying to communicate. If you want to screw things up, it's hard to be this consistent in every single category Which across the board. Which leads an, a sane individual to say, this is by design. Maybe it's not a screw up. Maybe it's not a screwed up. Because again, if you're just screwing things up, occasionally things will fall to the other side. Like, whew, wow, that was a screw up. <laughs> that one worked out okay. There's nothing. There's nothing that works out to the advantage of America. Yeah. Nothing ever. The the McKenzie testimony yesterday where he said, not only did I request that thousands of troops or did I believe thousands of troops should remain in Afghanistan, but he just willingly volunteered the idea that. Uh, and also, it was my belief that if we didn't keep those troops there, the Taliban, the, the government would crumble and the Taliban would take over the country immediately. And so we know now, basically, with no, actually, they did confirm this later. The, the White House did confirm later yeah, they that did. they did give them that information. Right. So we now know that the Biden administration was told by his top military advisors that 
if he did not keep these troops there, the government would crumble, the Taliban would take over. Exactly what happened. We knew that he, we now know that he was told that not by evil Republicans who just want to stay at war forever, but by the people he chose to advise him. We have Marsha Blackburn on with us now. Uh, yesterday, uh, she uh, she went after the generals and trying to figure things out. What was your takeaway, Marsha? Oh, I have to tell you, uh, one of the things that was very apparent was these guys are willing to basically turn around and pin this on Joe Biden. You had General Miller, who was before us in a uh, classified briefing a couple of weeks ago, uh, give us information about the troop levels and recommendations. And it was apparent that General McKenzie did receive that information from General Miller. They each had recommended a minimum level of 2,500 troops that would allow the safekeeping of Bagram Airfield, the prison that is there, the embassy, and support at Hkaya Airport to keep terrorists away. So um, you had General Milley and General, uh, Secretary Austin saying that message was communicated to the president and his team. Now, Glenn, that is really important because you've got people like Susan Rice and Jake Sullivan and Ron Klain who are really the puppet masters behind this thing and pulling all the strings. So it's important to note that they were made aware that you could not secure Afghanistan, that you were going to have issues with Taliban takeover if you pulled that troop level down. You could not get Americans out of there and conduct an orderly evacuation without having that minimum troop level of 2,500. So what it leaves you to say is, did President Biden and his team do this on purpose? Was this intentional? Is this the outcome that they wanted? And if it was intentional to have this chaotic, confusing withdrawal, what was the purpose? Was it solely because Joe Biden wanted to take a victory dance on September 11th and say, hey, look at me. I'm the guy. I did this. I ended this longest war. I got us out of Afghanistan. But in all of this, he missed the key point. It is the war on terror. It is the war on terror. We called it that because the Taliban has an allegiance to an ideology, not to a country. They had used Afghanistan as a safe safe harbor. And now because of Joe Biden's bad actions, what do you see? This group that is loyal to an ideology is now running a country, and they are going to be the safe haven for all of these terrorist groups, whether they're Hamas or Hezbollah or Al-Qaeda or ISIS or the Taliban so, or any of the other proxies. So what what happens now? I mean, OK, so now the general said, oh, we told him um, play cut nine here. Here's Biden in August. No, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. 
Okay. So he mm. obviously is lying or he can't recall it because he's incompetent. Um, either way, what's going to happen now? Now the mess has been made. America has been discredited all over the world. People died. The uh, the generals come out and say, we told him it would happen, but they were part of it. So what happens now? First of all, it is astounding to us that nobody's been fired. This is another thing that points to the fact that this is intentional. Second, what you will see, <coughs> pardon me, is a greater focus by some of us in the Senate at Senate Armed Services Committee on our counterterrorism efforts. You also will see some of us in the Senate move forward with uh, pushing to um, solidify relationships with some of our countries that are in the region, our allies that are in the region. And then uh, probably next time we have a round of promotions coming up through the military, which we in the Senate have to sign off on, there's going to be further conversations about the environment that we're creating there. I have been astounded with how aggressively political General Mark Milley is. And I have found out from people that served with him that have served under his command. He has been known to be a very political general. So well, I think. I, uh, hang on just a second. I want to play something you asked Millie. Um, cut six, please. You asked him this yesterday. I'd like to know exactly why you, you asked this question. General Millie, um, yes or no to this. Did you talk to Bob Woodard or Robert Costa for their book, Peril? Woodward, yes. Costa, no. Did you talk to Carol Leonic and Philip Rucker for their book, Alone, Can I Fix It? Yes. Did you talk to Michael Bender for his book? Book is, frankly, we did win this election, the inside story of how Trump lost. Yes. yes. And were you accurately represented in these books? I haven't read any of the books, <laughs> so I don't know. I've, I've seen press know. reporting of it. I, okay. I haven't read the book. Uh, so. Let's have you read the books and then let us know if you are accurately presented Absolutely. and portrayed. So you didn't ask to see if he had read the books. You asked for what reason? Why did you ask that question? I asked that because he sat there and told us time and again that he could not give us a readout of conversations that they had had with President Biden, the advice that they had given, even though they were still trying to throw him under the bus. So he ha he would not do that with the Senate Armed Services Committee. However, we find out that he was portrayed not in one book, but that there are two others coming out. And you know what, Glenn, there may be even more books that we don't yet know about, books that are yet to be published. But did he do these on Pentagon time? Did he do these over a landline or on a Pentagon-issued uh, cell phone? Are there transcripts from these conversations that he had with these authors? Why did he take the time to go right out his commander-in-chief, who was President Donald Trump, and White House officials that are supporting President Donald Trump, and he has plenty of time to talk to the authors in these books because he is loyal to himself. 
and he wanted to do some reputation burnishing and rehab. So he took the time to put his spin on what happened so that he would be seen in a positive light and President Trump in a less positive light. I think that is such a despicable course of action. So I wanted, while he was under oath, to find out if he took his time to do that, while all the while we have issues in Afghanistan and we're trying to push forward. I mean, the same thing in asking about the phone calls with Pelosi. Why did he do that on January 8th? Why was there a call to Chairman Lee, the Chinese Communist Party general, on January 8th? Why were there calls that were taking place? Was it to say, hey, you know, I'm the guy in charge? Does he have an Alexander Haig type of approach to things? where, you know, I'm the guy in control here uh, that was outside of his chain of command. It is inappropriate. And what he needs to realize, we do not have a military that controls the government and the people. We have civilian control of our military that is answerable to the people. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. Uh, she's on the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee. She was there yesterday and questioned the three generals and actually at one point called them the three that broke the military. Um, Senator, thank you so much for being on with us. Appreciate it. God bless. You got it. Take care. You Bye. Bet. Sponsor this half hour is American Financing. What would you give to be able to go back in time and fix some of the financial mistakes that you've made in the past? Go back and tell your younger self, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. It's going to make life a lot tougher for you down the road. Be nice, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. And uh, we have to live with the mistakes we made. But here's the good thing. You can make smart decisions going forward and your future will be brighter. It's especially true if you're fiscally responsible and you're a homeowner because you have an opportunity to call American Financing right now and help them get you out and onto the right path for your financial future. Whether you're refinancing your home mortgage at a lower rate, maybe putting together a debt consolidation loan that will get you out from under those crushing weights of things like credit card debt, whatever it is, they're waiting on the other side of a phone call just to help you out. Give them a call today. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. On October 9th, just a couple of weeks away, uh, we're going to be doing an event on the next chapter of Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. Uh, it is the Power of One event. Um, can't really be a celebration because of what, everything that's going on, but in some ways it is a celebration of where we've been for the last 10 years. More importantly, what comes next? How are we going to save our country? It is going to be a clear decision I've been writing um, my uh, my action plan and my my uh, speech for that event. I just read some of it to Stu uh, this morning. It is I think it is going to be something really important for you to know. Um, and it is something that I want you to be involved with. 
Uh, if you can be there, great. You can get tickets. They start at like 25 bucks. All the proceeds go to keep the lights on at Mercury One. This is our once a year event. Uh, there's going to be people for you to meet, um, things for you to uh, see, historic items, uh, and uh, some really, really, uh, you're going to walk away feeling really good. It's the M1 Next Chapter event. Just go to m1nextchapter.com, m1nextchapter.com. Doors open at 6 o'clock. The event starts at 7. It is going to be at the... Uh, Toyota Music uh, Factory uh, here in Dallas, Texas, October 9th. Please come and join us now. Get your tickets now. M1NextChapter.com. And we will we will see you there. All right. Coming up in just a second, I want to talk to you a little bit about the economy and the lies that we are all accepting. And we have to stop accepting these lies and stand in the truth because what's coming is going to require the truth some tough medicine that's coming up next stand by let me tell you about the zebra everybody's got an opinion nowadays but it feels like fewer and fewer people have i don't know the facts here's a fact for you americans overspend on insurance by 21 billion dollars every single year That's why it's important to get a policy that is tailored to meet your needs. That's where the Zebra comes in. Zebra compares car and home insurance quotes from every major insurance company in under five minutes, giving you all the facts you need to make the best decision. It is the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price, all from a provider that you can trust. In fact, Zebra has saved an average of $922 a year on home and auto combined. They're totally independent. Get all the facts in one place. Save money. Get the right insurance at the right price. TheZebra.com slash Beck. Beck. TheZebra.com slash Beck. Go there now. I could use an extra $922 a year. How about you? TheZebra.com slash Beck. All right. We begin on how to fight next. nurses all over the country that are losing their job now because they feel they have a right to say no it's my body my decision these are people that were the the first responders these are the people that we all cheered on these are the people that have worked through all of the nightmare of covid now they're going to be fired because they've survived covid and now they have to get a vaccine Or how about in Virginia? You've got quite a choice in front of you for governor. Terry McAuliffe said yesterday he doesn't believe that parents have a right to tell the schools what their children should and should not learn. So what do you do? Well, the days of standing there quietly and doing nothing should be over with you. So how do you even begin? We begin in 60 seconds. 
Glenn Beck program. I have a challenge for you. It's going to take a little time, but not much, but a little. And in the end, it will save you a buttload of money. Even better, it will end with you supporting a company that believes in the same values that you do. And that company is fighting for those values. I want you to make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Do it today. Do it now so you don't forget. You'll thank me later. Patriot Mobile is the nation's only Christian conservative mobile phone company. It's on the same cell towers as all the other major carriers, so you get the same great service, although it's half the cost. Half the cost. Patriot Mobile has affordable, customizable plans for any family, and they donate a portion of everything they make to conservative causes. Unlike big mobile companies who are donating to things like Planned Parenthood, they're protecting freedom of speech and freedom of religion. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Every time you make a phone call, you do good. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They have special discounts for veterans, first responders, and for multi-line accounts. Support a company that loves America, shares your values, and fights for them. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Or call 972-PATRIOT. With all the things that are going on, we need to know how to fight. I take you to Clint Eastwood. You know, Clint Eastwood, all of Clint Eastwood movies are, I love them because he's usually very, very quiet. He's, he's unassuming. And you just know, I don't know the whole story behind this guy, but he seems like he's going to kill me soon. And you only think that if you're a bad guy. And why is that? You know, I read someplace recently that the people who are going into Afghanistan to save all these people, they're acting like cowboys. Well, the Wild West was wild, very wild. It was unorganized, but it was also full of possibilities. And it attracted only the most ambitious. Those people who wanted to get away from all the rules and regulations that men started imposing on other men or those who wanted to take advantage of no law. They were independent. Sometimes they were foolhardy Americans. It was everything and nothing all at once in the West. The expansion West was a continuation of Americans' desire for their own space to live, to live as they pleased in accordance with their belief. Wild West. Known for some really bad things, but also known for chaotic good deeds. Cowboys like Butch Cassidy. The pioneering spirit of Davy Crockett. A true self-made man who left home with nothing and whose name is still remembered, Davy Crockett, all across the country. Cowboys are remembered simultaneously as lawful and unruly. They had an untamable desire for freedom and living as they thought they ought. Yet, what's truly amazing is real cowboys, among those incredibly independent people, 
They had an unspoken code that emerged. It was a gentleman's agreement. And they entered into it not by force. No cowboy ever said, you're going to take this code or we're going to kick you out of the cowboy club. They did it by their own consent. They did it in the way they lived their lives. Cowboys relied on unspoken rules. And it was provided just enough structure to the vast openness of the West when everything, when everything was nothing and yet could become anything. The cowboy code created a workable society. And it actually is the same thing that our government relies on. Individuals consenting to live in accordance with a set of principles that they believe will benefit their lives and communities. But what are those principles anymore? Cowboys agreed to no less, but no more. And the rules were enforced by a shared culture that devalued a man if he didn't live up to the code. If he hoped to be a true cowboy, then there were rules. Stories tell us that they had the rules really had to do with chivalry. Never touching someone's horse was a big one, apparently. You know, but the major rule was let your yes be yes and your no be no. There weren't a lot of attorneys, and when the attorneys did come, the cowboys didn't like them very much. And it's not because they didn't like the legal process and make sure that everybody's taken care of is they had a code themselves. I don't need that piece of paper. I don't need to spend all of that money. When I tell a man I'm going to do it, I do it. When I tell a man I mean it, that's my bond. That's my contract. If I promise to protect you, I will. If he promised to kill you, you better take him seriously. If a cowboy looked you in the eye and told you that he was going to do something, you knew it was going to be done. It was that simple. The most important rule in the cowboy territory was to keep your word. And honesty made an infinite number of possibilities of the West tenable. It balanced the chaos with just enough order. Today, that rule seems impossible to keep. Everybody's lying about something. We found out yesterday the president is lying to us. He lied to us when he said, no, the, no, the generals never said that I should keep people there. Wait a minute. Then that makes us question the generals. How could they, how could they have possibly done this? How, what, how were they even educated? How did they come up with this plan to get out of Afghanistan and advise the president that this was tenable? Well, yesterday, all three of the generals testified, no, we told him. No uncertain terms, we told him. He had to keep 2,500 2, troops there on the ground. We had to keep Bagram. Well, so wait a minute. Are the generals telling the truth? Or is the president telling the truth? Well, we found out after that testimony, the White House came out and said, yeah, but it was his decision. Well, yeah, we know it was his decision, but he just lied to us about the advice. Well, that was the best that he could recall. Wait a minute. What are you talking about the best he could recall? Are you, are you saying he's an imbecile? 
Because I don't know if that's better or worse. See, we can't rely on each other if we don't tell each other the truth. And it's so common now. I mean, everybody is lying, right? We still think it's okay if we personally don't keep our word. But we expect the world to be already prepared in case of our unreliability. So it doesn't really affect anyone, this lie. It's the opposite of the cowboy code. And it's one of the main reasons why everything is spiraling out of control. There is no one that will take responsibility. So you have to take responsibility for your own world. What if you could stop the spiral out of control? Even just in your own life by letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Wouldn't it be worth a try? Yesterday, Terry McAuliffe said this in a debate. You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their kids' education. Mr. McAuliffe, 30 seconds. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write... To veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Wow. Wow. What rights do they have? What rights do they have? To have their kids learn something that they think is fruitful. Democratize everything. It's a democracy. What that means is that you're empowering the mob. Forget about individual rights. Your kids don't belong to you. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And that's the first thing that we're starting to see in America. But the rest of those who remain silent need to stand up and say it as well. These are my children. They belong to me, not the community, not to the teacher, not to the teacher's union, and certainly not to the state. My church can make its own decisions. I don't care. Let the rest of society be damned. You don't want your church to make that same decision? Then don't have your church make that decision. You don't want to go to church? Don't go to church. If I'm running a business, I set the prices. I hire who I want. It's not some rich person who's an elite in some distant capital that makes the decision for me. No. I make the decision. And I have very little control of others. And they have very little control over me, if any. See, what's happening is you have people that want to control every aspect of your life. And if we are going to accept the lie 
that parents don't have a right to tell a school what their kids can and cannot receive for education, then you've lost your kids. If you can't tell your school, excuse me, you're not teaching my kid that, then you've lost control of your child. You are no longer the parent. You're the parent when they're at home as long as the rest of society thinks it's okay on what you're teaching at home. Because you can't teach that at home and then have that crazy wild kid come to class and say, no, the founding documents are not racist. You can't have that. You're hurting the kid. And you're the parent that wanted to take those books off the shelves anyway. We knew you were a danger. Now you don't want to give your kid a vaccine? Of course not. You're a crazy person. You shouldn't have control of your child at the doctor's office. It's not hyperbole. So what does this have to do with cowboys? Let me ask you the question. If the school out west was teaching things that the parents thought was crazy, would they silently cower or tell their kids, you know what, just go along with it. Don't cause any trouble. Would they? I think they would only if there was some evil capitalist that was trying to take over the town and he controlled all the water and all the griddle, all the grits and all the food, the vittles. He wanted control of the whole county because there was gold underneath everybody's property. And so he was taking it and he was stringing up anybody who would speak against him. And he was the one that was having that school marm teach those things. That's when people would remain quiet. And it would take a cowboy to come in and say, what is wrong with you people? Stand up. And very few would. So let me ask you, why aren't we standing up now? Is it that we actually believe these things? Or do we just not want trouble because... There is some black Bart out there that will destroy us if we speak up. We are no different than the people in that cowboy town in every single Western movie that we've ever seen that cower, that will kiss the feet of black Bart. Except this time, this time it's not because there isn't a marshal anywhere. Oh, we can't get to the judge and jury. We can't get to the marshal in time. He won't do anything. It's because the marshal is the bad guy. It's because the federal government does know what's going on. They are the bad guy. Which makes Black Bart even more dangerous. And you know what stops Black Bart from having power 
is when everyone in the town stands up together and they're willing to take the beating. They're willing to get kicked off out of their general store. They're going to have your general store. I'm going to burn it down to the ground. That's fine, Black Bart. I know it's true. I know it's true. And I would much rather be out of a job, have my general store burned to the ground, lose everything. I'd much rather do that than lose my word, than to cower and to kiss the ring of a tyrant. When everyone in town is willing to stand up, except for the few cowards that still hide in the barn but come out to celebrate once everything is good. When the people in town decide to stand up and just say, nope, that's not right. Nope. Sorry, Terry McAuliffe. That's not true. My children are my children. Period. That's when things change. Question is, are you going to cower? Or are you going to be a cowboy? Relief Factor. Larissa writes in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I'm 50. Started taking Relief Factor a couple of months ago. I was a paramedic. I had to leave my job, a job I love due to severe back pain. After the pandemic, when my new business failed, I reluctantly, but thankfully, got back into EMS. But my back pain returned with a vengeance. I'd heard about Relief Factor on the radio, decided to give it a try. Not only did my back pain disappear within weeks, but the pain from a fractured hand I had four years ago was also gone. I used to do archery, but I had to quit because of shoulder pain. Well, guess who's about to pick up her bow again for the first time in years? She said, I will be a Relief Factor customer for life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Relief Factor, just try it for three weeks. Do the three-week quick start trial pack for nineteen ninety-five. See if it makes a difference in your life. 70% of the people find that it does. They go on to order more. Month after month, it's relieffactor.com. 800-500-8384. relieffactor.com. 800-500-8384. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program tonight. We're going to talk about the out of control border. By the way, we have um, uh, we have a couple of things coming up yet. We have Matt Walsh going to be on the program. We have Tulsi Gabbard on with us. She's going to talk about the uh, the border as well and what's happening on the border. Uh, and um, we also have uh, Paul Merksky. He is. Um, He's with the Independent Community Bankers of America. Right now, they are trying to write in to some of these bills the ability for the federal government to look into your bank account if you ever have more than $600 in it. And if you ever spend more than $600, the government and the IRS are notified. They are weaponizing the IRS and they are going to kill the community bank. And these banks will only get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they'll be too big to fail again. What are you going to do about it? Well, I would suggest you stand with your community bank. And we're going to talk to uh, Paul about what the community banks are worried about and how you can help them get involved. 
coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Janet wrote in about her dog's experience with rough greens. She says, our little rescue girl loves rough greens. I fill her kibble bowl and there is no rough greens in it. She sniffs and goes to the cupboard where it's kept and she waits until I add it. Then and only then she eats. Smart girl. She's a lot more energetic, curious now that she was uh, much more curious now than she was before. She's more playful. Her allergies uh, seem to annoy her much less. Thank you so much for recommending Rough Greens. Uh, Janet, I am I'm thrilled that your dog reacted like my dog uh, does. Uno is different. His activity level has gone way up. He's, he's more energetic. He is more playful. Uh, he's just a healthier dog now. Because of Rough Greens. I've seen it happen myself. First thing I want you to do is just get a small bag, free bag, from Rough Greens at roughgreens.com. You can call 833-GLEN33 or roughgreens.com slash back. Get a free bag. Then, if your dog likes it as much as Uno and and uh, apparently her little rescue dog, um, you can uh, order the full bag and just watch the difference in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash back. Tonight, a brand new episode of Glenn TV on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Followed by a new Studas America. No, it's before. Oh. So again, here is here's what the guy who wants to be governor of Virginia said about schools and parents last night. You believe school systems should tell children what to do. I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids' education. Mr. McCullough, 30 seconds. So first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. It, the parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Wow. Wow. So I've been talking about, you know, cowboy, being a cowboy. And a cowboy is just let your yes be yes, your no be no. That's hard to do in today's world because everybody else changes what they said. For instance, Loudoun County changed a rule uh, because Matt Walsh said, I'm going to come and speak at that school board meeting. And Loudoun County changed the rule so he couldn't and said, no, 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 you you uh, you have to you have to live here. You have to have at least a lease of a house. And you have to present that. So Matt went, uh, went and found a workaround, and he went and got a lease, and he signed a lease on a house so he could speak uh, at the school board. And then they only allowed 60 seconds for people to speak. Here's what he said last night. Listen. I would thank you all for allowing me to speak to you tonight, but you tried not to allow it, yet here I am. Now, you only give us 60 seconds, so let me get to the point. You are all child abusers. You prey upon impressionable children and indoctrinate them into your insane ideological cult, a cult which holds many fanatical views, but none so deranged as the idea that boys are girls and girls are boys. By imposing this vile nonsense on students to the point even of forcing young girls to share locker rooms with boys, you deprive these kids of safety and privacy and something more fundamental too, which is truth. If education is not grounded in truth, then it is worthless. Worse, it is poison. You are poison. You are predators. I can see why you try to stop us from speaking. You know that your ideas are indefensible. You silence the opposing side because you have no argument. 
You can only hide under your beds like pathetic little gutless cowards hoping we shut up and go away, but we won't. I promise you that. Thank you for your time, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Matt Walsh is here to talk about what uh, he felt last night at the meeting. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Doing well. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about last night. Yeah, well, we, we had a rally outside the, the building to begin with, and it was just uh, a great turnout, a lot of energy there. And you know, this is happening, of course, not just Loudoun County. This is happening all across the country. I think, I think parents are waking up to the fact that we cannot, despite what Terry McAuliffe says, uh, we cannot just cede the next generation over to the state and let them decide what values our kids are told, what ideas are going to be in their heads, what kind of people they're going to be. So I think this is a kind of an awakening that's happening. Uh, I do think it's, it's a kind of a larger movement. And that's what we saw yesterday in, in Loudoun County. Um, and it was, you know, I, I thought lining up to go speak, this is supposed to be a public school board meeting for the public. And you hear the word public and you think, well, the public can, can come and just have their voices heard and at least sit in the room uh, and, and listen to what's being said. But they keep everybody outside. No one's allowed to go inside the building. They even keep most of the media outside. Uh, they, they let a few cameras in and they make everyone line up outside. You got to pr- provide your proof of residency, show your ID, and they got to take everything out of your pockets. They do like a TSA style screening. So this is already, I mean, if they did this outside of a voting booth, of course, we would be hearing the cries of racism, the kingdom mm-hmm. come. Uh, but it's, you know, so, so to talk, to speak at a public school board meeting is, it has to be more secure than voting in a, in a state. And then you and they make you wear the mask. And if my voice sounded muffled there, it's because they make you wear the mask. And you line up on it. You know, you, they, they give you little, these little dots you line up on. You wait for your turn to go before the Royal Highnesses on the school board. And they give you exactly 60 seconds. And at 60 seconds, they cut the mic. And that's all you have. And the irony is that before I came, they accused me of being an outside agitator. And they said, well, we don't want him and outside agitators because we just want to hear from the parents. We want to hear community members. Oh, you want to hear from community members and parents? That's why you give them 60 seconds and you cut the mic? It is, I can tell you, I, you know, I speak for a living. It's very difficult to say anything worthwhile in 60 seconds. And unless oh, you do this for, for a living, living you, right. You, you, it, it, and the, but people go to speak at school board meetings. These are, these are not trained professional speakers. These are just parents who have questions and have concerns that they want to voice. And I'm just listening to this absurdity of one parent after another getting up there. They can barely get one thought out. And then they're just cut off and sent out of the room. It's, I thought it was, it was disgusting. Honestly, it's, I, I've never seen anything like it. So what do you think's um, going to, what do you think's going to happen? I, I mean, I, I, I certainly think a lot in County, they're going to, that school board is going to have some problems come, come next election day for them. Which Until is when? Then, uh, which is coming up in November, I believe. Okay. Um, but they, you know, until then, they've made it pretty clear that they just don't, they don't care what our opinions are, wh- whether we live in Loudoun County or not, because the people in this school board and so many school boards across the country, just as we heard in the clip from Terry McAuliffe, they really just believe that they know better than we do about what our kids should be taught and what values our kids should hold. And so they think that they're, they, they have the moral high ground in silencing parents and saying, shut up and go away. Uh, because we, we know what your kids need. And in Loudoun County, they think that what the kids need, what little girls need, is for boys to be in a locker room with them watching them undress. That's one of the things that Loudoun County thinks kids really need. It's disgusting. So, uh, Matt, is the, is the, what was the crowd like outside? Were there people that um, were, were not 
you know, might have been even Biden supporters, uh, you know, and voted for Biden. Or is this Republican, Democrat, or are you seeing this grow beyond the partisan debate? I mean, I, I, I really haven't. I've been at a few of these school board meetings in, in different states over different issues. You know, in, in Tennessee, it was over the mask issue. And I've talked to a lot of people at these events and uh, outside of the events, too, as I know you, you obviously have. And what I have noticed is, yeah, I mean, there's a very th- this is at the core. The people that I think are organizing these things and keeping it moving, I think, are tend to be conservative, tend to have those values. Uh, but I've talked to lots of people who are not ideologically right wing at all, but they see what's going on and they are they're disgusted by it and they're terrified the kids are being being subjected to this. And that's the case with with the masking issue. It's also the case with critical race theory and also gender theory, which I think is the even more damaging Mm -hmm. theory that's being injected into our schools. Uh, And and how do you think Terry McAuliffe's words are going to play in the election? I I hope they play very poorly. I mean, I have to assume that even if you're even if you're on the left and you're a parent and you send your kid to public school, I have to assume that you believe yourself to be a competent person who should have some say in what your own kids are taught. I mean, no matter what you think politically, I can't believe that there are very many parents who say to themselves, who say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to have any say at all. I'm I'm an idiot. Just, yeah, let the state do it. Uh, But if the state agrees with you or you agree with the state, it's so much easier just to go, yeah, well, I mean, they're not doing anything crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If 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 they're enforcing what you believe. But you still, but you're still, you still consider yourself. You know, you still want the state to align with your values. So you're not. I would, I would have to assume. Maybe I'm being too optimistic that you, that you still wouldn't want to just cede that, surrender that to the state completely. Um, and uh, but so I, I would think that that's not going to play well. Which is why you could tell when he said it, he made that comment about I, parents shouldn't tell teachers what to teach, and then he quickly moved on. I, you could tell he, he, he noticed what he said and he quickly moved on from there to talking about how teachers are heroes and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to play well. All right, Matt Walsh, thank you so much. Host of the Matt. Wait, wait, wait. What? Before we let Matt go, I have to know how long the lease he signed was for. <laughs> you actually did sign a lease for a house, Matt? Yeah, I did sign a lease for a house <laughs> and uh, it's, it was for a dollar. I got a very competitive pay for a dollar. I splurged a little bit more than I wanted to spend <laughs> for for a woman's basement in the uh, in, in town there and I, I haven't really decided yet how long i'm gonna well i haven't I, first of all i haven't told my family yet that we got to move into a woman's basement about town. <laughs> but, we'll all right matt walsh thank you so much from uh, the daily wire you can also follow him on youtube youtube.com slash matt walsh um daily wire is doing some really great things i encourage you to become a member of the blaze but i also encourage you to become a member of daily wire um they have a very very important uh, set of voices over there so look he followed the rules he got he did he's a resident of virginia he, i loved his tweet uh how do you do fellow virginians <laughs> i mean that's how you that's how you introduce yourself to a community <laughs> all right back in just a minute let me tell you about uh, amac If you're over 50, it's time to start considering what benefit group you want to join. If you've already joined one, you might want to rethink and consider joining a different one. Um, Here it is. It's AMAC, A-M-A-C, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Here's why I say you should join them. They're over 2 million members strong right now, and they are growing rapidly. The benefits are amazing. Insurance discounts, travel benefits, all of that stuff that you would expect to get. 
But more important is their advocacy. AMAC provides everything you're looking for, but goes above and beyond to provide a whole lot more in advocacy for you in Washington, D.C., because your freedom is important. AMAC members played a significant role in stopping the passage of House Resolution 1, the Pelosi federal takeover all of election uh, legislation, and they're going to be asked to do the same to stop Senate from passing House Resolution 4, another terrible bill to control the elections, federally speaking. AMAC, join for the advocacy, join for the benefits, join for the great information that they get out all the time to their members. But most importantly, join because America needs you. Join today and stand with the people who are standing up with you. There is strength in numbers. AMAC, M-A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. AMAC dot U-S slash Beck. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, the, uh, the show tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, is just about total chaos i mean let's just go through some of this chairman of the fed just recently said the spike in inflation is lasting longer than expected <laughs> what uh, it's just a shocker yeah it's a shocker uh and the 3.5 trillion that's going to help bring down inflation that, that's what that's they're what actually saying, saying. Can, mm-hmm. can we can we please stop with this I mean, if you want the three point five trillion, then just have the balls to say what's in the bill yeah. and uh, and that, yeah, it's going to hurt inflation. It I'm, will hurt inflation. But we think it's important. The show has been this. occasionally critical of AOC, but at least she's admitting she wants the money. Right. You know, she's right. just going to say we're spending six trillion. She wants six, but we're going to spend three point five trillion dollars. So economic principles are not driving the economy right now and what are what decisions are being made. So what is the same thing with uh, let's look at the um, let's look at the border. What 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 is because there's 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 no evidence. In fact, there's a mountain of evidence that this is a humanitarian crisis. There's no evidence that all of the things that they reversed from Donald Trump are working. <laughs> it, it the opposite is true. So what is driving the the mo- what is the motivation? It's like Marsha Blackburn told us today. If the generals did tell the president that this would happen and he dismissed all of the advice of the Pentagon, then why was the decision made? We just need to know what was your thinking, Mr. President? You have the right to make that decision, but it turned out badly. So what was the motivation? Tonight, I'm going to spotlight the humanitarian disaster that is of Biden's own creation. They created the disaster in Afghanistan. They've created the economic disaster that is still to come. And they created the disaster at the southern border tonight. Biden's border crisis, the threat to America tonight on Blaze TV at 9 p.m. Right, right after, after another stew does America. America. The more if you get more like excited right about after. It. Am I contractually down, if, down yeah, to you say are. that? And if you say it with excitement, then people know to be excited to tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern. Right after a very special stew episode. Stew does America. Stu finds out he's got a child from another woman on a very <laughs> special episode. Of Stu Does America 
Apparently, he's done more than just America, if you know what I mean. Followed by Glenn Beck, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern. We really should do more very special episodes. We I should. feel like that. That's I mean, when there was away. a very special Punky Brewster, we watched. You did. You, you cared you watched, what you happened cared. to Punky. Yeah, you did. You know, a very when, when, special Punky Brewster, like a very special episode of Small Wonder when like the robot child, like one of the robot. There was child only one episode <laughs> of that. There was only one episode. That's no, not the, true. It was it a is. great show. No, there was one I episode. Mean, no, no, that's really? not true. Small Wonder. Yeah. You're talking about one of the classic television shows of the past century. Hi, mom century. and dad. I am a robot. <laughs> oh right. my gosh, it was horrible. I forgot about that. It was she horrible. did a bad robot voice. Yes, she did. Mom and dad, I love you. And then the uh, people next door would come over and like, wait a minute, why is she talking like that? I am just a normal kid. And then they would laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a bad. great show. Where are the shows like that today? Now all you have uh, is... I don't know, but uh, not on Blaze TV. No. And that's a reason to join us. Uh, get your subscription now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, use the promo code Glenn and save. And of course, Stu does America, which is right after a brand new small wonder. <laughs> we should do that. Huh? <laughs> we should do that. I love that. that was, that's a classic show. Um, by the way, we should point out, you may be watching more Small Wonder on YouTube because your vaccine misinformation is not going to be available to you anymore. This is breaking as we speak. Uh, YouTube is going to pull all vaccine, quote unquote, misinformation from its platform. Now, they've been doing this for a while, obviously. They've been stopping people saying things they didn't agree with on you know, coronavirus yeah. vaccines and such. They're expanding that to all vaccines. So you can now not say anything bad about, I guess, the measles vaccine or whatever. Mm. Um, And they are uh, banning a bunch of high-profile anti-vax types like RFK Jr. and such. So that's... uh, It's funny because, like, we just came through this period where they banned all this content on the lab leak theory. And people thought, well, wow, that guy got burned on that one. What will they do next? They'll do this. <laughs> they so, don't learn. No. They're... Mom and dad don't learn anything. <laughs> they're going to destroy the planet. This is the Glenn Beck program. Let me tell you about the covenant. This is a um, this is a series for TV that is based on the Old Testament. In fact, it's not based. It is this foundation and it will be true to the Old Testament. It's written by Andrew Claven, who's a great, great scriptwriter. Um, it keeps the history and the text sacred exactly the way it's supposed to be. We need to understand the Old Testament, and uh, they would like to ask this audience to invest in it. Uh, if you want these stories told, we're going to have to do the hard work. Kyo Films is producing the series through crowdfunding. So if you want to invest in this, it could be $5, $10, but it would be a great TV series. Um, just go to uh, kyotv.com. That's C-A-Y-O-T-V.com slash Beck. Do it now. Kyotv.com slash Beck. This is worth your time, uh, you know, and, you know, 20 bucks. Just invest. to hear.
Right now, I know this sounds like hyperbole, but it is true. The federal government is weaponizing the IRS, and they are also making our big banks even bigger. I've been telling you for a while, get out of the big banks and go to a community bank, one that is is supported and controlled locally, not something that has their ties into City or Chase or any of these things. Well, the president said he's going to go after those big tax dodgers, those rich people. And all he's asking for is a little information from their banks. He's asking for a little information, uh, you know, on those rich people. If they move $600, he wants the IRS to be notified. So in other words, you deposit $600 or more, and only rich people do this, $600 or more, or you withdraw $600 or more, the IRS has to be notified on where that money is going. It is, it should be bone chilling to most Americans. So what are you going to do about it? And why should you stand up against this? We're going to talk to uh, the independent community of Bankers of America. These are the people who are on the front lines and they are going to be destroyed, destroyed by any of these kinds of things. The federal government is trying to put them out of business in my view. We begin that conversation in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Now, let me say this. If you've ever gotten a call or a text or an email from someone posing as an uh, IRS agent, and they said, you know, you owe X number of dollars, and and you got to pay it. And, and, And if you have any gift cards, you can pay it in gift cards. That's a scam. Uh, I, I know it sounds pretty obvious, but a lot of people are like, oh, well, I've got some gift cards. Really? I didn't know the IRS. That's right. We're taking Gap gift cards now. It's a scam. Now, look, cybercrime and identity theft affect all of our lives. Every day we put information at risk on the Internet, and LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. They'll send you an alert, but they also will give you access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. That's that's really where the price of the service is worth every penny, because just saying, hey, guess what? Uh, You've been hacked into. Sucks to be you. Bye. That doesn't help me. How do I clean it up? LifeLock by Norton. They can't prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but they're the best in the business, and they know if something does slip through, they can help you clean it up. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK or LifeLock.com. Paul Merksky, he is uh, with the Independent Community Bankers of America, And I wanted to talk to him because there's a lot of independent banks that are now saying, you got to stand with us, please Uh, uh, stand with your local banks and stop the uh, the IRS and the federal government from from putting this this new onerous restriction on these banks. Welcome. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me on. So, Paul, tell me what the government is doing and why it's important to stand up against it. 
Well, a lot of people really um, have a hard time keeping up with what's going on here inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., and we're sounding the alarm bells on this crazy, onerous proposal from the Biden administration, the Treasury, and now Congress is implementing this to have banks, every bank in America and credit union, report on people's financial transactions. They want to know the inflows and outflows of your savings accounts, checking accounts, loans, any money you're moving um, into and out of accounts uh, would be tabulated and, and sent into the IRS, any amount of $600 or more. And, you know, they may adjust that uh, amount, but they're measuring flows. This is a, a massive invasion of privacy that we've never seen before. Financial privacy uh, will go right out the window with this new IRS sleuthing and snooping on everyone's financial accounts. I, what, I what hope. Basically, go ahead. Go ahead. What, what they're basically saying is that we assume every American is a tax cheat and we're going to watch all your financial transactions. And this applies to small businesses as well. So I, I uh, you know, as I, I look at this, I hope this isn't what America is going to say. But in the past, America has always said about things like this. Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Why should I care? Well, that, that's a problem because this doesn't matter what your tax liability, what your uh, situation is. This is really going against your Fourth Amendment rights to privacy and the way the government and IRS is getting around that. They, they can't demand this information directly from you. It's against the Fourth Amendment. But they can get it from third parties like banks. We've seen this with, you know, going to phone companies to get your your phone records, um, which they can't get from you directly. So this is this has got to be stopped. Um, The leadership in Congress is trying to sneak this in the three point five trillion dollar. Is it is it in the reconciliation bill? Absolutely. And uh, we've got to. Uh, alert Americans and and customers of banks that, you know, this new uh, invasion of privacy is about to take hold. And, you know, Glenn, you you know, the IRS doesn't have a very good track record of keeping people's uh, personal information private as well. There's been plenty of IRS uh, leaks. There's been political profiling uh, of people based on their tax returns. Um, You can't trust the IRS with this massive amount of data on every single American. And plus you have the risk of, of a data breach, the IRS being hacked and all your personal transaction information is there. It, it's a crazy proposal. It's got to be stopped in its tracks. And, you know, we're afraid that, you know, people aren't watching what's in this $3.5 trillion oh, yeah. uh, budget deal. And these are the kind of things that will come back to haunt us. So this is, this would allow the IRS to have information that if you wrote a thousand dollar, 800 or $600, $600 check to the GOP or the DNC, the IRS would then have that information uh, and that you could become on a list uh, if you are donating to people and you're writing a check for it. 
Well, as we've seen, the IRS has a very poor track record of keeping people's information private. There was just a big leak um, with ProPublica on uh, wealthy Americans' tax returns uh, was was turned over to the uh, press. Um, so the IRS right. cannot be trusted. And really, it, it, Americans won't tolerate this profiling of individuals based on their financial transactions. The IRS and the government have no business snooping on people's financial transactions. This is this is the worst type of profiling, you know, stop and frisk people. It's going to lead to more audits. It's going to lead to, you know, the IRS being tripped up with a lot of false positives. I mean, people have various bank accounts and move money around for all kinds of reasons. Some people are taking care of their elderly parents and, and you know, use their account. And it, it's just going to be a dragnet of collecting people's private financial information and turning it over to the government. And, and then you have to answer for it. If they see anything they don't understand, then you have to, not only do you have to answer for all the receipts and everything else, you're now going to have to answer for possibly spending that they don't understand or moving things from different accounts. Well, absolutely. And the, the IRS is, is extremely powerful. They could freeze your bank account. They could, garnish your bank account. They could uh, demand that the uh, bank uh, send in even more detailed information on your financial transactions. It's amazing already what the uh, banks have to provide to the IRS. Any transaction now, over 10000 uh, has to be reported to the IRS in a currency transaction report. Any suspicious activities, uh, the bank has to legally report uh, to the government, to the IRS. So uh, we, we don't need this blanket dragnet of sleuthing on every American on their financial transactions. And another thing that, you know, is is troubling is that, you know, a lot of people that recently came from, you know, dictatorship type governments don't trust government or the financial system already. You're going to push more people out of the banking system uh, that don't oh, yeah. don't trust government. So let me ask you one more question. Uh, the big banks are for this. Um, and I think the big banks now are kind of in a public private partnership with the Fed and, and the United States government. But um, the big banks are for this. This doesn't this cripple small local banks because of just the reporting on all of this will be just so onerous on you guys, wouldn't it? Well, absolutely. It's going to be a very burdensome, costly, um, you know, to, to implement the computer systems, the, the monitoring, the, the personnel you need to keep track of all this. It's preposterous. But, you know, the, the federal government doesn't care. The, the Treasury doesn't care. The administration doesn't care. They just want to get after people's money. They want to get after uh, you know, stopping and frisking people and looking at what they're doing with their financial accounts, profiling them. This is uh, the worst type of policy I've seen in a long time here in Washington. And, and people have to weigh in. People have to speak up and, and get to their congressmen and senators and say, you know, we're not going to tolerate this new IRS reporting. And you can do that uh, via banklocally.org slash privacy. You can send a member of Congress uh, your message, banklocally.org slash privacy. Paul, I've been saying for a while that 
people should get out of these big banks. Um, I myself do business with a bank and uh, it's owned locally. It keeps all of its loans locally. It doesn't sell them off. Uh, it it is truly stand on the community's own. You know what I mean? Um, if people want to get out of a bank, they ask me all the time, what do I look for? And I just say local, as local as you can possibly get. Can you give the audience some tips on what to look for in a local bank that keeps well, them out of this mess? Well, you, you hit on the key points is that the, the local bank only does well if the local community does well. The money they, uh, that's deposited in a local bank is, is turned around and used to lend out to the local community. So um, it's all uh, part of a symbiotic relationship to keep that small community healthy and uh, you can go to banklocally.com and, and look up uh, a local bank and, and find one. You know, we have 5,000 community banks uh, located around the country. We're, we're in uh, rural areas and urban areas. And it, it's important to have that personal relationship with uh, your, your local bank. They're there to help you. We did, uh, you know, a trillion dollars worth of PPP lending, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program to help uh, keep businesses afloat. Um, so uh, our banks do uh, over half of all the small business lending in the country. So if you need a, a local bank, uh, go to banklocally.com and you'll, you'll find a local bank you could join up with. Paul, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Paul Mursky, he's uh, Independent Community Bankers of America. Uh, it, is, it is vital that you speak out um, against this $600 rule that is being put in. It will weaponize the IRS. Uh, it will come back to haunt you. I don't care if you're not doing anything wrong or not. Uh, it will come back to haunt each and every one of us. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. You have to stand up against it. You can go to banklocally.org privacy and send a message to your member of Congress and the Senate that this must not be in any bill. It's got to be stopped. It will also really hurt your local bank. And that's where you should have your money. I urge you to put your money into a local bank. Get it out of these banks that are all worried about ESG and their, their global uh, equity and their partnership with the governments around the world. Get into a local bank. Local, local, local is the answer to protect yourself. Back in just a second. Everywhere you turn, the world is, uh, you know, getting uh, getting out and getting to a rec tech from conversations at the office water cooler, which doesn't exist anymore, to the great big world of social media, which shouldn't exist anymore. People are learning about how rec tech is changing the world of grilling. It's smart grill technology. It monitors the internal heat and adjusts it throughout so you can get perfectly cooked meals every single time. Rectech represents the pinnacle of modern outdoor cooking. It's incredibly versatile. You can grill on it. You can smoke on it. You can even use it for baking. And while it does its job and does all the work, you don't have to be standing out there checking on it. It, it will let you know on your smartphone or your device. It's really simple, and it doesn't cost a ton. It's professional grade, 
at a price you can afford. It's crazy. Rectech. All social media, you follow them, just sign up for their newsletter to get great recipes from other people who are passionate about their Rectech. Rectech with a Q at the end. Visit Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're really glad that you are um, here. Um, Gas prices uh, are still on the rise. They're continuing to move upwards in September. Uh, I believe before this administration is done, you could see not in California. um, You could see five, six dollar a gallon gasoline prices. Um, in the next four years, maybe higher. In California, you'll probably see ten dollars uh, a gallon. Coal shortages uh, are happening now, which will affect the price of coal, which will pri- which will of course uh, increase the price of your electricity for your your new eco friendly uh, smart car that uh, is all electric. The cost of natural gas is up 180 percent. And Powell says uh, the inflation spike lasted longer than we expected and uh, might get worse. Huh. Who would have thunk it? All of these things were foreseeable. All of these things are caused by the current administration. All of them. All of them. And be prepared for a world that looks a lot different than the one you're living in right now, in a bad way. And we're talking about all of these things getting worse, too, which is important to to note. I mean, the inflation uh, estimates don't even take into account the $4.7 trillion they're trying to pass right now in extra spending. No, because it's going to make it better. And it's zero cost. No, it's not. Zero cost. That's not how cost works. They're like, well... What we're doing is we're raising taxes and we're going to take money from people and spend it on things. So therefore, that doesn't cost anything. That is legitimately their argument right now. If because they say and they're not doing this, we should be clear, they're not actually raising enough uh, tax revenue to pay for these bills because they'll have to go to everyone to raise enough for this. So they're not actually doing what they're saying they're doing. But Mm -hmm. even if they did, if you were to say, like, I'm going to my credit card and I gave them my credit card and I bought a brand new flat screen and it didn't cost anything. That is the childish argument they are making. You still have to pay I it. I tried it with my wife. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, luckily, once it's in your house and it's in, it's already on the wall, there's not yeah, much there's you can do about you it. Do. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I thought I that's thought what cost meant. I right. saw Joe Biden's tweet. Yeah. I thought that's what cost None meant. None of our wives would buy into this. No. Why, why do so many men buy into this when the government is doing it? Why are so many women who will argue with your husband? That's not the way it works. When we try to get away with this, you're all over us. How is it this works for the federal government? It really is incredible it is. that they're saying this doesn't cost anything. Of course it costs And something. by the way, that's not even the biggest thing, quite honestly. Uh, the, to me, the biggest thing is the inflation. Yeah, and that's what when, we're, when you yeah. put that much money into the system, that money is going to slosh around and cause prices to go up. 
if you're trying to if look here in Texas, I'm trying to put a driveway down, you know, in my house that will be finished in two Just weeks. Just two weeks, yeah. And so I'm buying recycled asphalt. Mm. All right. And because you're green? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the asphalt to my house, I can't because the state is redoing all of the freeways. So I can get the asphalt technically and buy it, but I can't get it to my house because there's not enough dump trucks. And we should point out that that's before the bipartisan infrastructure plan has even passed. Yes. So when the government is spending all kinds of money, the price goes up and the things you want become more and more scarce, which causes the price to go up again. And remember, they're going to play with these numbers in a big way. For example, in this $3.5 trillion plan, there is a plan, part of it is for universal pre-K. Now, when they have to appease Joe Manchin and say, oh, it's only a $2 trillion package, what they're going to do is say, well, we'll just pass universal pre-K for three years, not 10. And, and you think the Republicans? Yeah. After three years, once everyone gets their free universal pre-K, they're just going to reauthorize right. it, and Republicans aren't going to fight back against it. And it will be not $3.5 trillion, but infinity trillion dollars. Just know your electricity price this summer for heating is going up. If you have natural gas, it's already up 180%. Check your gas gauge. They're gouging you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And it has nothing to do with big oil. has everything to do with big government. Car shield. And let me talk about another thing big government has done to us. Hey, we don't make our own chips. We can't have chips. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Well, maybe next year we'll have, you know, some computer chips for the cars so we can go make cars again. Oh, well, that's great. And how much is it going to cost us? Look, here's the thing. You need your car on the road and you don't need to pay for those gigantic bills. If your car is out of warranty, you need Car Shield. Car Shield will get you back on the road quickly. They'll come pick up your car with roadside assistance to give you the rental car. They'll take care of everything. You don't have to wait for a check from the insurance company. They pay for it all on the spot so you don't have anything to worry about. Car Shield. Find out why Car Shield cars go further. CarShield.com slash Beck. Save 10% right now. CarShield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. This is a smart move. CarShield.com slash Beck. Tonight, a very special episode of Glenn TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Right after a new Stu Does America. (laughs) Great. Tonight on the Wednesday night special on Blaze TV, Biden's border crisis, the threat to America. The open border policies are a threat to all Americans and all American cities. And you need to be aware of how this is going to affect you. That doesn't just come from me. That came from Barack Obama yesterday, that this has to stop. Uh, Will it? I don't know, because I don't know what the goals of this administration are. I, I can't figure out the metrics they're using to measure success anymore. Tulsi Gabbard is uh, joining us. She is the first female combat veteran to ever run for president and the first female combat veteran ever elected to Congress. And we welcome her uh, to the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Tulsi. How are you? 
Aloha, Glenn. I'm good. It's good to talk to you always. Good, good to talk to you. Um, I've been I've been wanting to talk to you about so many things uh, lately. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, let's start with the uh, let's just start with the border. Your thoughts on this? Uh, look, Glenn, we cannot have a secure country unless we have a secure border. And the Biden and Harris administration's open door policy uh, at the border is, is a disaster. It, it needs to end. And it is a direct cause for the humanitarian and national security crisis um, that we've been seeing play out. Uh, you know, there, there's there's a direct correlation between the changes in policy that this administration made through executive order very shortly after taking office uh, and the results that we are seeing. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard from some folks saying, well, you know, some people got deported or some people got sent back home, but you, you've got to pay attention to the fact that through the campaign, uh, the very presidential campaign, there was a very clear message sent, hey, yeah, we're going to have an open door policy. We've seen how at a practical level, uh, I think the the uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary said uh, yesterday or the day before that uh, of all of those uh, tens of thousands of people who were uh, under the bridge in Del Rio, now we're seeing uh, what is anywhere between 10 and, and 20,000 people who are now uh, in the United States uh, with, you know, some vague message of a notice to appear and not knowing where they are or where mm-hmm. they've gone. and. And, and without any kind of vetting. And this is this is the hypocrisy of this policy is, you know, for people who want to fly into our country, right, you've got to have a visa. Uh, there are no fly lists that their names are checked against. And, uh, oh, by the way, you also have to get either a COVID vaccine or a COVID test if you're coming from another country. Um, but for those who want to bypass all of those requirements, the message that is sent and is loudly received around the world is, hey, just go south of the border. Come right across, Tulsi. I, 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 I don't know how. I don't know how this administration is judging things anymore. Every, every, everything that is supposedly good for America seems bad for us. The good guys are the bad guys. I mean, we're we're now saying that the Taliban are our partners, which is absolutely um, obscene. The border patrol has been accused of whipping people, and when it comes out that that's not what was happening. The president still went on and said, there's going to be a high price that's not going to stand. Those people will pay. My gosh, what is happening? (laughs) This goes to the core problem here, Glenn, of of, uh, leadership. And I've I've known Joe Biden for a long time. I consider him a friend. And it it, uh, the the reality, though, is is what he's doing here uh, is wrong and on a whole host of issues. We're seeing under this Biden-Harris administration that our country is rapidly, rapidly moving uh, in the wrong direction, whether you're talking about this absolute tragic failure of a, a execution of the withdrawal from Afghanistan. You, you and I have spoken before. I think the withdrawal is the right thing to do, should have happened a mm-hmm. long time ago. Yes. But the way that they have carried this out, um, you know, it, it is. It's, it's a betrayal to our men and women who served there. It's a betrayal to those who worked with them. It, it's been an abject failure. You look at what happened. everybody. Abject failure. You look at our economy. You look at inflation uh, in all of these different areas, you know, civil liberties, privacy, these now travel lists with the vaccine mandates. I mean, each of these you can look at and see, uh, sadly, 
how our um, constitutional rights are being violated and uh, constitution is not being upheld uh, and how we're not we're not living up to the principles and values that that uh, make this country as, as great as it is. Tulsi, I, I have to tell you, the reason why I like you is we may disagree on things and you, there might be things that you think I believe that are crazy and, and vice versa. But we respect each other that we know yeah. that each of us are trying to do the right thing for America. Um, and and I know I hope you know that if Donald Trump were doing all of these things, I'd be on the air saying the guy's a dictator. He we're moving uh, against the Constitution. We're destroying ourselves economically uh, and in every other way. Are there honest people that, you know, that voted for for Joe Biden, who are now starting to see this is everything both sides have warned against. Uh, of course, and I, and I think there are many more Americans who don't care about left versus right, Good. Democrat versus Republican, but people who care about our country and who are deeply concerned about the direction uh, that we are headed and who can't make sense of, of the policies uh, that, that we're seeing being put forward. And what this really comes down to is, is sadly, people in positions of power in our country who are putting their own political ambition or selfish interest ahead of the interest of our country and the American people. And, and that's what's so heartbreaking is seeing uh, their willingness to sacrifice the well-being of our country uh, for their own interests rather than the other way around, sacrificing their own interests for the interests of the country. I was talking to a senator today, and she said, you know, in, in talking to the three generals yesterday, if mm-hmm. they're telling the truth, then then why did Biden make this decision? It's his right to make the decision in Afghanistan. Um, but I, I what what's the motive here? And if I if just looking at this, this is not incompetence. It can't be because if it was incompetence, once in a while something would fall in America's favor or in freedom's favor. Um, this is just um, the 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 most comprehensive destructive policies that I've I've ever witnessed. Can you come up with a reason that's not nefarious that all these things are happening? Uh, I, you know, it does, it goes, it goes to leadership and it goes to what are our leaders, uh, the Biden Harris administration and leaders across, uh, across our, our national leaders is, is what's your objective. And that's how I approach these, these challenges and these problems that we're facing with kind of a military mindset is, Hey, what, what is our objective? What are we trying to accomplish? And then you can figure out what's the best way to accomplish and to achieve that objective but i i just and i think that they have a different objective than america does well and that's the problem that's the problem here when, when you see uh you know one thing we haven't mentioned for example is when you see how uh the policies coming from this administration are further dividing our country through the use of of race and identity politics yes. everything is becoming racialized you can't see anything through the lens of of what Dr. King talked about, you know, judging people on the, the content of their character rather than the color of their skin, looking at issues for what they actually are. Uh, and instead, you have, a, you know, if, if anyone uh, dares to 
criticize the policies or the actions or decisions of, of Kamala Harris, for example. They're accused of uh, being racist uh, or sexist. And, and so, so many of these things, we can't even have real dialogue around um, for fear of uh, many people are afraid of being canceled or being called these names or being given these attributes and, and, and saying, well, this is this is who you are and you don't you don't actually care. Uh, and this is this is part of the problem. If you were in Congress today as a Democrat, which you were, um, I'm not sure if you still are. You are an independent, I think. Um, but if I, I'm, I'm still a Democrat, still a Democrat. I'm, OK, so if you are speaking it, up on, and trying to bring about these changes, what would you what would your advice be to the people who are in Congress now looking at this three point five trillion dollar reconciliation bill? Take the provisions that are in that bill, break them up, put them forward, each standing on their own, and allow the American people and their representatives to debate each of these proposals uh, on their merits and pass them accordingly. Uh, you know, when there, and there, there, are some, there are some good provisions in that bill that I would agree with, and there are a whole lot that I don't think are worth spending American taxpayer dollars on. But the American taxpayer doesn't really get a choice when all they're given is it's all or nothing. And, and obviously, it's a political, tactical decision for them mm-hmm. to do this, to be able to force down the throats of the American people this massive $3.5 trillion spending bill that's got everything under the sun in it so they don't get a say. You know, people can vote for or against it, saying, well, you know, hey, I like this thing or I didn't like that thing. And, uh, and and just the cost and consequence of, of taking this approach is is too great. Is it going to pass? I don't know, Glenn. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't see how they're able to not only find some agreement between Democrats and Republicans in the Senate on this, uh, what to speak of the differences uh, that that are playing out between uh, Democrats themselves uh, right now, especially uh, in the House. So um, we'll see. Tulsi Gabbard, thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I I wish we could have you on more. You are full of common sense, and uh, I wish we could get back to a world, and we have to get back to a world where we can disagree, but we don't have to be disagreeable. We We can still walk away friends. Tulsi, thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. So the mental uh, image of people pushing wheelbarrows around full of basically useless cash is kind of a funny one. It's hard to think of it and treat it in your mind as something that ever really happens, especially today. But I assure you it can and it will if something doesn't happen to uh, to to cauterize this bleeding of printed cash it's going to happen where we're pulling this around people in venezuela thought it had never happened to them well it did you need to be on top of your financial game and part of that means looking into investing in precious metals this is where the folks at goldline come in you need to talk to them to see what your options are time is running out Goldline is offering an uh, end-of-the-month special. From now until Friday, you're going to receive one one-ounce silver Goldline branded bar with every qualified purchase order for free. Don't wait. Call to find out how to protect your portfolio today. Call 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE. Or go to goldline.com. Do it now. Goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
so I, I just <laughs> this COVID-19 vaccine is 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 just puzzling to me. First of all, let's just start at the hospitals. The hospitals uh, are firing people left and right. I mean, 200 nurses just gone from one hospital in New York. Um, they're firing people who have been on the front lines. These are the people we were supposed to love and worship. Do you have your pans out, your pots and pans, yeah. you clang them together? And you're supposed to love these first responders. Well, they did. They did their job. Now that the pandemic is over, now because they don't agree with the vaccine for some reason or another, and I bet a lot of them are like, I had it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow or another, they're going to lose their job, and nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care that the people who we've just said for the last two years were the heroes that were doing all the hero work. We don't care about them anymore. They're just gone. Such a bizarre turn of events. It's all, you know, it's like the, how the the left is with police officers, you know, like, yeah. they, they, like, oh, the Capitol police, these heroes that protected us. Look at this one man running up these stairs and leading people in the opposite direction. Thank God we have them. Oh, wait, what happened in uh, in Kenosha? Oh, did, did, did the guy who was in the middle of assaulting a woman get shot as he was trying to run over somebody? Oh, well, let's put them in prison for the rest of their lives. Those cops. I mean, it's just so inconsistent. It's the same thing here. I mean, I, look, what did they expect? These hospitals have 90 plus percent take up on the vaccine. 90. 90. Can you tell me uh, how long did it take for the... Um, uh, not smallpox. Was the it polio smallpox? Vaccine, polio. How long about. did it take to get the polio vaccine? Which, by the way, was crippling children. Think of how uh, vaccine hesitant this country must have been back in the day when six years after the polio vaccine came out, we were at 54% vaccinated. 54. We are currently at 77% of adults vaccinated. We would have been country. at 80 if he wouldn't have made the mandate. Probably at 80 and maybe even higher than that if it wasn't for them pulling Johnson & Johnson off the market right. for a couple of weeks for no reason. So because they they spooked people, we're below 80%. 80%. But still, like that's a remarkable number. I mean, I don't know what, what you expect. This is the United States of America. 98 to 99%. You probably get North Korea. If, if Kim Jong-un wants a, a vaccine mandate, yes, he could probably get it higher. You live in a country which has a constitution that emphasizes freedom. You're going to have people who are going to disagree with these things. Let the product speak for itself. And it kills me that they're ta- they're saying the 10 percent in the hospitals. They just don't agree with science. Wait, Wait a minute. They're, they're the doctors. They're the you doctors were just saying nurses. Uh, they were the front. <laughs> and you know what? There are probably 10 percent of doctors and 10 percent of nurses who disagree with large part parts of what is acceptable to the mainstream of science. First of all, that's probably healthy for a society. It, not probably, it is right? healthy. I mean, you know, there's certain basics that, yes, you should, you know, the leeches thing should be 0% yes, at yes, this point. I, got, I understand I that. There's going to be people who disagree, and, and there's certain things, but, like, there's natural doctors who don't like medication who disagree with tons of mainstream stuff. Is that completely unhealthy for a society to have a, a percentage who's constantly changing or a cha- challenging the narrative? Right now, I don't think 10, that's a I'm telling thing. you right now, 10%, I'll bet you 5% of that are not against the vaccine. They're for the natural antibodies that they've uh, yes, already I, I, had. I think you're totally right. I mean, that's we're seeing this in the NBA. With right. The player I the got the Magic. antibodies. I already had it. Why are you denying science? I have the antibodies. 
And we're just going to. And by the way, they say that will not affect hospital care at all because we just we can get nurses. Dime a dozen. <laughs> Wait, I thought the.